Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We've been dealing with a topic that I've titled The Coming Great Deception. And uh, we began about two weeks ago in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18. Let me begin by reading that verse. The Apostle John writes there and he says, Little children, it is the last hour of the last days. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and even now many Antichrists have come. And let me just say this. There are many anti-Christian things that are in the earth. I think that sounds a little bit better for our vernacular and our understanding. Amen? And so he's saying even now there are many anti-Christian things that have come by which we know that it is the last hour or the last days. Jesus said that. He says, when you see these things, rejoice. Because the end is near. Amen? And um, we looked at Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3 because, as I said before, um, even though the Apostle John coined the phrase Antichrist, uh, his existence wasn't a secret. In fact, the Apostle Paul knew about him and wrote in Second Thessalonians, we looked at this last week, so I'll be very brief with this. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, he, sa- he said, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Remember again, I said that this had two meanings. Do you all remember that? Okay, I said, and, and let me just give you what those two are. The first was, for that day, remember again, that's talking about the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, will not come unless the falling away or rebellion and apostasy come first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So there is going to come a falling away uh, in the church, which we are in fact seeing today uh, in, in, in some things. You know, I look at some of the churches, the things that they're doing, and, you know, they're just not right. Okay, let me just say that without being judgmental. The second interpretation is that for that day, again talking about the tribulation, will not come before the departure or rapture of the church comes first. And only then will the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Remember I said since the both of them are right, what this tells us is that things are going to get much worse and much better. All at the same time. (laughs) Okay, all right. In other words, while the world is getting worse and worse, some parts of the church are going to actually join them, resulting in a great falling away from God. And at the same time, there will be other parts of the church that will become more and more glorious and powerful. Amen. Everybody can put your hand up on that one. Amen. All right. Okay. Well, you know, when everyone makes their choice, remember I said again, it is when people make their choice and the more you choose God, the more you walk in the power, the wisdom, the revelation. Amen. And the glory of God. Remember, Jesus is coming for a glorious church. We need to remember that. As much as we're seeing all the darkness, we need to understand that Jesus is not coming for a defeated church. He is coming for a glorious church. And this is why there's always people preaching on both sides of of the fence. Uh, and, you know, some people say, well, it's getting worse and we know the end is coming. It's getting worse and it won't get any better kind of it's getting worse. You know, that sort of a thing. I am telling you this. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, it will get worse. Other people are saying, oh, no, no, no. So much good is happening. You see, all of these good things are happening and millions are getting saved over here and everything else. You know, and you listen and you think, well, which one's right? They both are. They both are. Things are getting better on this side. Things are getting worse on that side. Which side do you want to be on? 
you know, the glass half full or the glass half empty kind of thing, you know? Amen. All right. And, and it's true. So, remember again, uh, we went and looked at um, uh, what Simon J. Kistemakis said when he said the preposition anti means not only in place of, but it also signifies against. Thus, the Antichrist comes in place of the Christ and stands in opposition to him. And that's why we looked at uh, the next verse where the Apostle Paul went on to say, uh, who opposes Christ and exalts himself above all that is called God. I didn't really look at this in too much detail, but I want to just mention very briefly here, I want you to notice he says, above all that is called God. That is anything or anyone that is associated with God or that is worshipped, all right? Meaning that this is when people will finally realize that everything they've been worshipping that was not God was actually the devil. See, a lot of times, you know, we get this, I don't know how to put this, but there is this thought that there are many ways to God. All right, and we can worship this way, and you know, uh, you guys can worship the way you want. We can worship the way we want, and you know, there is one God, and we there's many ways and many roads to get to Him. But it's very interesting that Jesus said, "I am the way." He didn't say, "I am a way, a truth, and a life." (laughs) Okay, every single one of those is preceded with the word "the." He said, I am the way, the truth, which means everything else is a lie. And he says, I am the life, which means there is no life outside of him. No eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the life he's talking about. It's not just being alive. Okay. All right. Amen. I was going to sing a BG song and I won't. Okay. <laughs> no, they're staying alive. Anyway, the, the thing that we need to understand is that Jesus Christ said, now see, people say, well, you know, we know Jesus was a good man. Hang on a second. Good people don't go around deceiving people. They don't go around saying, well, there's only one way to God. It's me. Are you all with me? So you can't say that. You can't, you know, people have said, well, I know Jesus, you know, is a good man. And you say, well, he's actually God. You go, well, I won't go that far. Well, then you're not going at all. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? You know, that's the, that is the whole, you know, message of the gospel. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God, not just a good guy. Amen. And that's the reason why when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he meant that. And he said, no one gets to the Father except through me. So everything that Antichrist is doing is to say, no, he's not the only way. I mean, they're very narrow-minded. It's a Western gospel, even though it came from somewhere else. And, you know, uh, you know it, it, when you think about it, it's just contradictory. Amen. So notice, uh, let me just continue very quickly, now that we've got a little insight into that. He says, oh, that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Isn't that incredible? He's going to sit as God in the temple of God. And he's going to proclaim to be God. Can, Can you imagine that? Okay. Now, see... The reason that he gets access to the temple is because all of the Christ-rejecting Jews are still waiting for that position to be filled. 
And when you reject the truth, you know what? You allow error in. In fact, biblical uh, commentator William MacDonald said it is remarkable, or says it is remarkable that the day in which we live in is characterized by the existence of so many Christ-denying cults, and these all bear testimony to the fact that the coming of the Savior is near. Now, in relation to the term Antichrist itself, remember again John MacArthur said that the term refers to a principle of evil incarnated in people who are hostile and opposed to God. Now, I want to jump off from there. And I, I went through this next, sec- next section really quick because I said I didn't want to you know, send you guys home depressed. Hope nobody was depressed through the week. Okay, all right. It wasn't my fault if you were. All right, <laughs> okay. But I want to go back now and just look at this in a little bit more detail because uh, I don't want people to walk off thinking, you know, or, or questioning their salvation and questioning whether they're going to go to heaven. Uh, and also, if you meet people, you know, that have that on their mind. See, a lot of people that don't know the word are very concerned about things they shouldn't be concerned about. And they use up their life and their thinking and their energy thinking about things they shouldn't be thinking about. You know, instead of doing something for God, they're concerned about everything that they're doing, whether, whether God's going to accept it or not. And so there's no real joy in what they do. It's more out of guilt. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, if I came and helped you out of guilt, you'd be able to tell, right? You'd also be able to tell if I came out of joy. You know, I just want to be around you and, and, and do stuff with you. You can tell that too. Amen. What do you think God wants? Yeah, you know. You don't have to answer. That was a rhetorical question. Okay. So, <laughs> right. so, so let's go on to this. Jesus himself warned us of these people's existence. Those that are hostile and opposed to God. And also their power to deceive. In Matthew 24, verses 5 and 24, let me reread those verses. It, Jesus said, for many, plural, will come in my name. Remember, John talked about antichrists. Yeah. Amen. He said, many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Notice Jesus said, they will deceive many. So we need to be okay with that. I mean, you know, okay, let me rephrase that. We shouldn't be okay with that. We should be praying against that. But when it happens, don't get depressed. Don't lose your joy. Don't get to the place where you think, oh, I prayed so much. How could they? Be? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought of a little story of, you know, this person that was first gone into the healing ministry and the very first person that she prayed for died. And she went to his funeral and she looked at the coffin and said, looking at him with those eyes of, how dare you die after I prayed for you? <laughs> <laughs> so you know what don't get depressed don't get mad you know as much as you pray your prayer is done in, as in service to God amen and that's really when we need to walk by faith not by sight there's a new way of putting that scripture to use all right because if we walk by sight we'll get angry we'll get upset we'll go well what's the point in praying if this is what's going to happen I've heard that come from so many people's mouths I think that's why God gave us a spiritual language so we wouldn't get upset. We would be praying for that person and won't know. And we can just pray away and just have no idea. And, you know, if that happens, we go, oh, well, that's sad. Not realizing that we might have prayed and they did the wrong thing. But it didn't upset us because we didn't know. It was none of our business. Amen. Amen. Yeah, something for praying in the Spirit, isn't it? All right. <laughs> 
Verse 24, he goes in to say, this is Matthew 24, 24, he says, For false Christs, again plural, and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Wow, that, that's getting serious now. Where even the people that we thought were, you know, real pillars in the church start to be deceived and, and get, you know, drawn away by things that you're sitting and going. This is the reason why I said to you guys always, always be sensitive spiritually wherever you go. I don't care what they have after their name. I don't care how many doctorates they have and what college they've been to and, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. See, people never stay the same. People are always going up or they're going down. Okay? And, and you know, uh, they might have been awesome 10 years ago. They may not be so awesome today. And I think sometimes we go off the memory of what they were rather than what's actually going on. And that's a way that the enemy uses to deceive people. And a lot of times, you know, the people that are ministering don't realize um, the hold, uh, the influence that they have on people. And they think decisions that they make, you know, kind of in their mind, the devil says, well, this is a personal choice. It's no, not when you're standing in front of people. It's no longer a personal choice. Because the choices you make affects the kind of life you live, the kind of spirit that is on you, and the kind of influence you have over people that are listening to you, that want to believe what you say. Do you hear me? And that's, that's the reason why I said again, you know, we don't follow. Remember even the Apostle Paul said, you know, don't, don't be going off saying, well, I'm of Peter, I'm of Paul, I'm of this, I'm of that, whatever. It's, it's you're all of Christ. Amen. He is Lord. If he tells you something is off, something is off. Don't sit there and go, yeah, but God, look at all these qualifications. Forget about all of that. If the Holy Spirit tells you something is off, something is off. Amen. And then you will not join this group. Where even the elect will be deceived. If it were possible. For you it's impossible. Because you know better. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. So there. Amen. That's what you get for coming to this church. All right. <laughs> no man I will not allow anybody in this church to get deceived. Amen. Alright. Notice also it says. So Jesus says many will come in his name. Meaning that they will claim to be Christians. This is what, you know, this is when it gets really squirrely. Okay? Not just the people in the church that go off track, but people that have never actually become a part of the church, that came to church, but weren't a part of the church. The Apostle Paul put it this way at one point in time. He said, you know, speaking about the Jews, he said, not all Israel is Israel. Okay, he said there are people that call themselves Jews or, you know, Israel, okay, that, that nation, but not all of them are worshipping God. They're Israel by name, but not in their service to God. Are you all here? So there are people that are in the church, but they're not of the, you know, they're not actually of the church. They're just kind of in the church. They wander around, you know, maybe they can make some business contacts. Yes, I'm a Christian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's my business card. And they think the praise the Lord, hallelujah, will allow. And a lot of people go, but they're not very reputable. And you say, yes, but they said, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> Wake up. 
Remember the devil's two traits? Subtlety, deception. Amen? Let's move on. Alright. In his commentary, Colin G. Cruz writes, In practice, there is little difference between a false Christ and an antichrist, for both are opposed to the true Christ. And the way in which they are going to successfully deceive people is through the demonstration of great signs and wonders, with Jesus going as far as to say, if it were possible, see, because of the signs and wonders, they would have deceived even the very elect. Uh, but in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, the Apostle Paul gives us a little more clarity, thank God, about these signs and wonders. And he says there, it's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, This evil man, okay, referring to the Antichrist, will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. Did you see that? So even though he, there's going to be things that are going to wow people out, they're not going to be the real thing. They're going to be counterfeit. So, see, what, a lot of times people, what they don't realize is that the kingdom of darkness does have power. There is a devil. It's not just in your head. <laughs> okay? There's not this internal yin and yang thing going on. And, you know, it, it just... <sighs> Let me stop there for a minute. Frustration is great. Anyway, (laughs) listen man, there are things out there, regardless of what battle is going on on the inside of you, there are things out there that do bad things to people, including yourself. If you don't acknowledge that, you're in big trouble. Amen? Because there's an external force at work. And you need to understand that there is a virtual kingdom that operates in darkness. Jesus called it the kingdom of darkness. Okay, and then there is the kingdom of light or the kingdom of his dear son. Remember in Colossians, all right? So you need to understand that there is a kingdom at work. That there is a power to the darkness that there is. Are you all here? And those things can do some pretty amazing things. Which is why it is so sad that the church isn't standing up to that. See, we do something in the church and everybody goes, Ah, it passed away. That's what we do to people that start to rise up to meet, the, to meet the kingdom of darkness head on. See, that's what the kingdom of darkness does. It not only says we've got power, but it sends its emissaries into the churches to try and pull down and change people's thinking and say, but that power is not for you. You can't have power. That stuff passed away. The last apostle, when he dropped it, that was the end of it. That's, how they, that's what they want to bring into the church, so that the church never rises up. The reason is because if the church ever rises up, they're in trouble. Because the truth will always overcome the lie. Amen? And no matter how much Satan rose, God still put him down. See, Satan didn't win that battle. Michael and his angels took him down. Michael and his angels are still working for us. They're on our side. The winning team is on our side. Are you with me? So, you know, that's one of the things we need to realize. That <laughs> we have got so many resources. Not only do we have angels that took out this, you know, this rebellious angel and all of his angels. Alright. But God also did miracles on the inside of us. Cause us to have a new spirit to be born again. To have his power residing, the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of us. To the point where he says, signs will follow those who believe. Not just angels will follow them. And take out all those demons that are getting in their way. 
But signs will follow those who believe. Which means there is an internal power as much as there is external power. Are you getting this? So that, you know, in ki- just in case all the angels were on a tea break. <laughs> Not that that will ever happen, okay? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> some days you think you're just by yourself. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? But, you know, you need to realize, we'll get to First John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in you. Not equal, greater than everything that is in the world. You are here. So you should always be at an advantage, regardless of what's coming your way. Amen? And regardless of what false signs and wonders are going on, start to push for the real thing. Because Jesus, thank God, didn't say, and these signs will follow whatever pulses are left over. That didn't run off and get discouraged. (laughs) Okay, because some of them did, you know. Hello. He said, I love it. He said, anyone that decides to believe can have this. Wow. So even if some of them apostles got it wrong, somebody under them would believe and would walk in these signs. Are you with me? Didn't matter who. You're one of those people if you believe. Somebody sends them and says, I can't believe that. Well, you're not one of them. <laughs> okay? You just took yourself out of the equation. The moment you say, I can't believe that, you're there. Okay, we know where you are. Go be powerless. Go get deceived. No, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Keep coming. Maybe we'll get through. Okay? Amen. You can see why I want to preach on this now. We needed this. I erased through it last week, but I needed to get this because you need to understand the place of power that you stand in. Even though there are going to be false, you know, miracles and signs and wonders, you have the power within you to bring about the true ones, the true signs and miracles and wonders, the things that glorify God, the things that let the people know that there is a church, there is a group that can actually make a difference in your life. And they don't have to be some pastoral person in some pastoral office doing some pastoral thing for them to come into your house. They could be seated right next to you in your workplace and see you've got a problem and just reach out and stick their hand on you and everything changes. And then they get back to work because they don't want to be slack. (laughs) They're being paid to do a job. See, this is another thing. While we're here, let's get into this now. (laughs) You know, I I really love one of the things that we're learning is that, you know, Jesus didn't say, I'm sorry, we're a little bit off topic, but I think it relates to this because of the false signs and wonders. You understand? Okay. Jesus didn't say that those who believe will pray six hours, go into the toilet when they're at work, and pray six hours in the spirit and in tongues, get fired because they sound loony tunes. But they're getting persecuted for righteousness' sake. Mm. No, you got persecuted because you got paid for a job. You didn't do it. You know, we'll find somebody who will actually work for the money. Hello, okay. (laughs) It didn't say that you do all of those things. You know, it's so simple. It just said that those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's it. I mean, that's it, dude. You know what laying hands on the sick is? Demonstration. Natasha, could you come up for one second? Pretend you're working. <laughs> I'm, I'm always pretending I'm working. You know, so we're working. This is it. You know, she says, 
you know, I got a bit of a headache. I've just been fighting this thing. And, and so all I do is reach out and say, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And I get back to work. And she goes, whoa, it went. Yeah, do the thing, do the thing. No. <laughs> That's it. How long did that take? So I'll have a shorter tea break. All right, give me a break. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that moment of time off my tea break. That's it. it. You need to get to the place where you realize these hands are God's hands. Do you hear me? These hands are God's hands. You lay it on. That's God's hand on, you know, doing his thing. You let him borrow your hands for a minute. Probably not even a minute. Probably a couple of seconds. About 20 seconds. We're done. We get back to work. Those are real miracles, signs, and wonders. And can I say this? It does take time to develop. Some people make it sound like you can just say anything you want and get it. You just, you know, it takes time. Amen? It takes a certain kind of life. It's not impossible. It's just a decision you make. That's it. Simple as that. Just know God is with you. Just decide that when you put your hands on, it's His responsibility, not yours, to get them healed. And if it doesn't, go back and say, God, work with me a little bit more. I need some revelation. You know, it's just that that's what you need to do. It's just that simple. But we don't allow it to be simple. We make it complicated. Amen? And we shouldn't. Because if we're doing what we're meant to be doing, then the lies will be shown up for what they really are. Lies. Amen. All right. So, what the Apostle Paul reveals here again is that everything that the devil does is counterfeit of God and therefore it is not the real thing. Also, since it will be done in the pretense of being the Christ and in His name, it is these people that Jesus makes reference to when He says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, He says, Not everyone who says to Me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of My Father in heaven. Now I want you to notice the two things that are being contrasted here. He says, first of all, not everyone who calls Me Lord, Lord, Will, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So he's saying, just because you say, Lord, Lord, doesn't mean anything. What are you doing? Because people will lie to you, but actions can't lie. What they do in their life, you can tell a person by what they do more than what they say. In fact, a lot of times the people that do a lot of good don't say a lot. Why? Because they're doing it as unto God. They don't want to be known. They want to be rewarded at the end, not right now. Remember Jesus said, if you go and parade and tell everybody your good stuff, whatever compliments you get back from them, you know, he says, lap it up. Okay? He says, that's all you're going to get. Because God's not going to reward you on top of you being rewarded already down here. If you want that reward, take it. Hey, you know, it's up to you. Also, we now know that you didn't do it for God. You did it to be seen of men. Okay? Couldn't wait to tell somebody. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. So... What people do determine who they really are, not what they say, number one. And uh, notice he says, but he who does the will uh, of my Father in heaven, which is almost exactly the same thing that Apostle John said when he said, 
uh, you know, in John, 1 John 2.17, he who does the will of God abides for him. Remember that? We looked at that before. Okay. Now, Christians get nervous, okay, when they read this, and even more concerned when they start reading in verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And you're thinking, oh my God, that's me. And, uh, you know, cast out demons in your name. Mm, I think I did that too. Uh, maybe not. Okay. And, uh, you know, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them I never knew you. And, you know, people just get so freaked out by that. And, you know, they think, what if I do all of this stuff? I go up, Jesus looks at me and goes, who are you? And he goes, you know me, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm that guy, that 24 monarch place. You don't know me. Uh, is anybody else here? <laughs> you know? An angel. Did anybody, did an angel following me around, you know? We get real, people get so nervous. This is, actually, you know, this is especially for, you know, people that are ministers. Even though it should be for everyone, okay? Uh, they get very nervous. They read that stuff. They're, they're freaking out all the time. They're always thinking everything that they do could be for nothing at the end of the day. So why do it? Seriously, you know, you, you know. And <laughs> I always tell them, can you please read to the end? They don't read to the end because they freak out in here. They read the words, but they don't take it in. Can I read to the end now? He says, depart from me. First of all, he says, I declare to them I never knew you. I'm going to deal with that in a second. He says, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. How can you say that you are doing all of these things in the name of the Lord and practice lawlessness? Are you with me? If you are practicing lawlessness, stop. <laughs> okay? If you are doing everything for the Lord and you mess up here and there, that's not practicing lawlessness. That's 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from unrighteousness, and we're back on track again. That quickly. Amen? Are you with me? You need to get this so that what you do, you do with joy. And if you make a mistake, God won't hold that against you. That is not who we're talking about here. We are talking about people that are deceiving people, that are saying, many will say, I am the Christ. Many will say, see, it all, it's all about their words. How do you get deceived? By what people say. Because then what they do rips you off. Do you get that? See, they say, I'll look after you, I'll do this, I'll do that. But when it's all said and done, at the end of the day, what they do is what really matters. You go on what they say, you go on their word, you take their word, but what they do contradicts their word. And that's why you get so angry. Because you say, but you said. Yeah, well, things change. Hello. Are you all with me? Don't you want those people to, you know, the Lord to have a word with them? I do. Listen, man, it's different from, okay, you said you were going to do something and things come up that were out of your control, so to speak. Things, something happens, you know, somebody dies or something, okay? And you just can't be there because, you know, you've got, a, okay, you've got something else that came up. That's sort of what I'm talking about. Do you hear me? That is a reason, not an excuse. Okay. Let's go on because I've run out of time. Um, <clears throat> I want you to also notice, yeah, I know, <laughs> I want you to also notice verse 23. I want to bring this, this little phrase out. He says, I never knew you. So regardless of their claims, firstly, Jesus says, whatever they said, he said, I never knew you. 
which means that they were never his sheep. Remember in John 10, 14, he says, he said, I am the good shepherd. You know what a good shepherd, let me tell you what a bad shepherd is. Uh, did I have 10 sheep or 12 sheep? Uh, is one missing? I can't tell. Oh, never mind, whatever. That is a bad shepherd. A bad shepherd doesn't watch their sheep, has no idea which ones are their sheep, doesn't know if they're in trouble, he's asleep. You know what I'm trying to say? That is a bad shepherd. You know, <laughs> that one gets reported to animal abuse or something. You know, one of those places. Get the RSPCA on their back. You know what I mean? It's just, that's a bad person. That's a bad shepherd. <laughs> okay? I want you to get this. Notice, therefore, he says, I'm the good shepherd. Notice why he's a good shepherd. Listen, he says, I know my sheep. When does he get to know his sheep? When they come to him in prayer, when they receive him as Lord, and when they start talking to him. In fact, as soon as they receive him as Lord, they're his sheep. Whether they talk to him after that or not, you know, can be disappointing, but he still knows them. Are you all here? Okay. He knows his sheep. Don't be concerned. So when, so Jesus said, I know my sheep. And he says, and am known by my own. In fact, we know him. We, that's, you know, that's the reason why people say, do you know the Lord? Yes, I'm one of his sheep. Okay. <laughs> he knows me. I know him. Get it? Okay. All right. Okay. So when Jesus says, I never knew you, I thank God he put the word never. Because if he said, I knew you at one point in time, and you just went off the rail, what happened to you? I just turned to the hell now. What is wrong with you? <laughs> okay, okay. See, people don't read that. People don't see the word never. He said, I never knew you. This is not a backsliding Christian. This is not a Christian. Trying to be a Christian so that, you know, they can do what they want and profit by it. And Jesus says, I don't know you. I never knew you. Number one. Notice the second thing. And we'll close with this. He said, you who practice lawlessness. Not only did they reject him as Lord, they did it because of their lifestyle. Whatever they wanted to do, however much they wanted to take advantage of people, however much they wanted to rip people off, whatever. They couldn't do it with him as Lord because he'd be jumping all over them. You know, he, they'll be so convicted by the Spirit. Somebody once said, you know, the most miserable people on this planet are the people that get saved and do the wrong thing. <laughs> you know? Because, you know, at least the devil's people. There's no Holy Spirit trying to do anything with them, you know? And, and, uh, we have him inside. We can't run away. Like Jonah, you know? Just wherever you go, he goes with you. You say, I want to get away from everything. Oh, you want some time alone with God then? <laughs> That's all you're doing. The further you travel, the more he's there. Amen, you know, anyway, okay. So, <laughs> so, I want you to notice, he says, Jesus says, regardless of what they say, they will be known by their deeds. And I want to bring, I want to leave you with this scripture in Matthew chapter 13. And this is what's going to happen to all the people that ripped you off, that said they were Christians. And you know what? The Lord said, I never knew you. Because you ask God, you say, God, how could a Christian do this to me? Has, has that ever cross your mind how do you know they're christian well they say they are yeah they say a lot of things they're going to try that on god it's not going to work <laughs> okay all right 
So those are what we're talking about, okay? So Matthew 13 and verses 41 through 43. It says, the Son of Man, this is Jesus is speaking here. He says, the Son of Man will, will send out his angels, yeah, angels exist, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. Notice this? And will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Verse 43, this is you. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you hearing? Amen? It'll be, I told you dark is going to get darker, but light is going to get brighter. Amen? And so remember again, those who practice lawlessness have what one goal. That is to deceive people and turn them against God. That's why the Apostle John says, and we'll conclude here, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and even now many Antichrist or Antichristian things have come, by which we know it is the last hour. Just don't be concerned. Just know we're coming to the end. You are going to shine like the sun. The rest of them are going to cast into all sorts of bad places. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll come back next time and we'll go on to verse 19. Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you today for your word.